All right, XU Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 43, and I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I know it's been a couple weeks since I put out an episode, uh, but I hope you know everyone's enjoying the holiday season as we enter the last month now in December of 2022. And like I said, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, has been staying busy, has been listening to good music as always. Myself, one, I took a week off for Thanksgiving, but also made the jump and I started a TikTok. So if you haven't seen, I made a TikTok for the podcast, X underscore U, Y-O-U underscore pod on TikTok. And I've started it. I'm kind of going in blind. I held off for a very long time, talked about on the podcast how I didn't really want to do the TikTok thing. I hate the app. I know everyone says that, but I figured, you know what? It's another platform to try to grow the podcast, try to get it in front of some people's you know, eyes. And I think, especially with the niche of electronic music, it's a good avenue to use just for quick hitting things. So check it out on TikTok. Be nice. I'm, t- I'm, I'm learning as I go. But yeah, I'm I'm now making TikToks and, and it is kind of a cool tool. So I'm excited to see where it goes and what I do with it. But that brings me to today where I have a guest on the podcast. Super excited to give you this conversation that I had with a LA-based producer and DJ who goes by the name of Kita. Stan Rokita is just recently quit his job which we talk about and he's going full in on the music thing so him and i talk about his songwriting what that jump to doing music full time is like we have a really cool conversation about ghost producers in the electronic world and our thoughts on it and whether we think it's right or wrong and and the degree in which it happens and it was honestly a really cool conversation He's just kind of getting going in terms of his his brand and his identity with his music. And it was really cool to get inside his mind. He's a grinder. I can tell just by talking to him that he's really passionate about what he's doing. So I'm going to give you that conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you go check out all the things that Keith is doing. He has a single on Spotify and Apple Music, which is a really cool You Make Me Feel Cobra Starship remix uh, kind of flip that he does. Um, you can find him on Spotify at Kita. That's K-A-K-I-T-A. Also on Instagram at K-I-T-A.Sounds. So that's Kita.Sounds. He's also on TikTok as Kita.Sounds. And he just made a Twitter as well, which I believe is Kita underscore Sounds. So enjoy this conversation with Kita. I know I did. And be on the lookout for more from the XU podcast. I can now add that we are on Instagram, X underscore YOU underscore pod, on Twitter, X underscore YOU underscore pod, and now TikTok. Go and see my videos. Go comment on them. Make them go viral. I heard that if you just put a TikTok out, it makes you famous and you get thousands and thousands of views. So that's what I'm planning on happening with the podcast. Uh, again, X underscore Y-O-U underscore pod. This is episode 43 of the podcast with Kita, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome back to the XU podcast, episode 43. Uh, little hiatus over Thanksgiving um, in the past couple of weeks, but we're back this week. Joined by an artist, another guest to the podcast that I'm super stoked to talk to. It is Stan Rokita, who goes by Kiba 
Happy to have yeah, you, man. Me. How's it going? It's going Happy great. to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's super exciting to always like just one cool thing about the podcast is being able to just talk to people who also love dance music, love electronic music. Um, so super excited to kind of get your story, hear a little bit about what you've been up to and and kind of chop it up in a in a little conversation just about, you know, all things dance music. Absolutely. Let's do it. I'm excited. Cool, man. So I just told you a little bit about the podcast, but I'd love to kind of just start. I usually do this with guests that I have on is little backstory on you. And that can be anything you want. It could be music focused. It could be kind of how you got into dance music and your journey to kind of where you are today. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, what's up? My name is Kita. Um, I'm a DJ slash producer slash artist based out of LA right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I just started pretty recently. Um, I basically quit my job like two months ago and I'm full-time on this right now. Um, and just really trying to get uh, the whole brand going. And um, I would describe the music um, I'm making right now and the music that I'm gonna uh, post very soon, like my originals as like very, like very much like house music meets like early 2000s, like pop punk and just super guitar based and uh, just sort of like emotional, like the vocalists I want to work with. Yeah. And the songwriting I'm doing is like totally targeted towards that. Um, so, yeah, like I've always loved dance music and it's been like a dream of mine to to work with other artists and to like make my own like DJ, you know, uh, artist and brand and everything. So, yeah, super excited about it. Awesome, man. Well, I was looking at your Spotify. I saw that you recently quit your job to take this thing on full, full force. So congrats on that. It's a big, yeah, step. Appreciate it, man. was that decision that like, kind of like tell, talk about that kind of just process and, and what, how long were you kind of, you know, saddling the fence of, of kind of doing both and what kind of made you just yeah, sure. push through? Yeah, yeah. So I started producing, um, my buddy showed me like Ableton live, um, you know, it's just my, been my dog choice since, uh, if anybody that produces, you'll know what I'm talking about. Otherwise yeah, I make music, but, uh, my buddy showed me that like four years ago, um, our senior year of college, he was like, yeah, man, this is like how, you know, everybody makes, this is how like Skrillex makes his shit, like all of this. And I was like, okay, word. Yeah. Like I'll check it out. Um, and then like, I was just instantly hooked. Like it was like that. Like I, I remember, that semester i had like zero classes i had like one class i had to finish up three credits i think and i was just like all right fuck this i think i checked out of that class basically too and it was like all the group projects i was like peace like like yeah. good luck with that and i was like uh every day just in my room like just literally making beats and i would just like show my like you know 13 14 friends in college like yo i just made this track last night like made this remix uh, and I was like, so into it. And so I was like, ever since then, I was like, if there's any way I can, you know, make a living off of this or like get into the music scene, like I totally want to do it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's been the story since I was, I worked as a software engineer, uh, out of college, uh, and did that for you know, the past two or three years. Um, and then yeah, I just made the, the leap recently into going full-time into making my own shit and, and working with other artists. So. Awesome, man. So cool. And I think it's, super brave, super, you know, inspiring when, when someone like yourself is like, you know what, I'm just going to dive head first into this and kind of see how it goes. Like a lot of people, I think kind of just, you know, they don't make the jump and not, not necessarily that you have to, but I think when you do, you kind of like take the safety net away and you're like, all right, let's just see where this goes. So um, super awesome. I see in the background that you got some bass guitars, got some electric yep, yes, guitars, sir. piano. So back there. Before Ableton, were you like a music guy to begin with? Yeah. Or? 
Yeah, yeah, I was. So my first, you know, starting music, like a lot of kids, like in like fifth grade, sixth grade, I was in, you know, the music band class, whatever at my elementary school, did that for a while, played trumpet for a minute. And then I switched over into percussion. Um, so I just did like whatever they needed for the song, you know, I'd be the triangle guy. sometimes would be snare drum, bass drum, whatever. Um, and then f- jump forward to high school. I was actually in the marching band and concert band then too. Um, and continuing with percussion. So I play like snare drum was my main thing. Yeah. So I would just continue with that. And I definitely got like all my rhythm from, you know, from those years and a lot of like the love for music definitely started then. Um, yeah, so I've, I've always kind of been around it. The guitar thing is actually pretty recent. Cool. But like I said, like, I think a lot of my, the songs I love are like Blink-182 is like one of my favorite bands and I know like all their songs word for word. And obviously, like every one of those songs starts with the riff, right? Like some mm-hmm. crazy guitar riff that just gets stuck in your head like instantly. So I've always like wanted to replicate that in music uh, as much as possible. So like had to pick up the guitar, you know, I think I started that two years ago. I think during the pandemic, I picked it up. Um, and yeah, so just continue with that. And I mean, even still, I'll like get friends to play in the guitar if, if you know, if I can't figure yeah. it out. And I do that from time to time too, so... Cool. Well, you came to the right podcast. I'm a firm believer that Tom DeLonge is the most incredible musician in my head. To, to ever walk the earth. The guy is underrated in like the scope of like the grand music uh, scheme. And I'm also obviously huge Blink-182 fan, really like my first love with music, I would say was Blink-182, uh, much like you knew all the songs, um, you know, stoked their back together. Big yeah, I'm going to see him in June in yeah. LA. I'm going to their concert. So yeah, I was super stoked about that. It's, it's funny because I'm and, and we'll talk a little bit more about Blink in a second, because I do think there's actually some correlations with like melodies and, you know, the structure of their songs to even dance music today. And, and you look at like the early, you know, golden years of EDM, the progressive house era, like those I, I find a lot of similarities, especially with like Angels and Airwaves and, you know, that anthemic rock and those big drops and progressive house. songs. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, for you. Uh, give me a little bit of a time frame. So like when did, when was like your dive into Ableton? What were you listening to then? Was it electronic? Like was like, how old are you? So uh, I think like the first time I was listening to like electronic music would be early high school. I can't really think of a time before that where I was like super big into that. I think I was, you know, before that I was listening to like rap or like whatever i like my my brother was really into rap and, and like little wayne and like you know all the pop stuff back then and then uh actually my, that same brother had a he had a phase where he's really big into classic rock too so we listened to a lot of acdc when i was super young and then i would say in high school it started to when i started getting edm i was super big into like um like swedish house mafia like yeah. you mentioned like the anthem you know so you're probably the 20 house of the day you're probably 26 20 five 27 i'm 26 right now yeah, okay. just turned same age so yeah and and the story i've had a lot of djs and producers on and sometimes i'm hesitant to even like ask because it always seems like the same entrance into the dance music world like hearing levels right. for the first time hearing you know you know titanium or any of those oh yeah no avici songs. in high school for sure too yeah avici's a big one awesome and and obviously so you kind of dove into it and you have this music background kind of like pop punk punk rock you obviously had a little bit of rap like you know classic rock so there's a lot of elements that i imagine kind of you know have made their way into your music today 
But before we get to today, tell me a little bit about, um, I know you were talking about how you, you know, you, you went full-time into this, you moved out to LA. So I'm interested in that because I'm on the East coast. So most of the DJs that I've talked to are, you know, we're an East coast podcast. I'm familiar with the East coast scene. Tell me a little bit about LA kind of as a whole, like, what is it like being an aspiring artist out there? One, what is the scene like out there in the electronic world? Like, what are people listening to? Cause a lot of times you hear what's happening in Europe is different than what's happening in America, but I think there's even like a little bit of like what's what people are into on the East coast is maybe different than what's on the West coast. So long winded question, but tell me a little bit about LA and what's, what it's like been, you know, living out there. Um, yeah, it's super sick out here, man. It's just, it's a good place because like people respect creativity here and that's like huge. Just like getting support, you know, especially like when you're starting, like where I am, yeah. like the support I get from, you know, my friends that live around here and, any other artist slash or DJ or whatever you want to call them that I meet here. Like it's, it's very much like an, like something that's encouraged here. Right. As opposed to like, if you live in the East coast, like any city, typically it's like, okay, you want to get a normal nine to five. You want to work in like finance or something. Right. If you're like living in New York or um, you can definitely be an artist out there too, but it's just like something about, you know, it's kind of in the air here. Yeah. Where, and you'll definitely like bump up against people that, you know, our artists themselves or like our singers or our songwriters much more commonly here, especially where I'm from. Cause I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Michigan. Um, yeah. It's like not really a thing anywhere there. Right. It's like, you're, you're going to be like the only one or two people in your town that are trying to start something. So there's definitely a lot more opportunity, uh, opportunity for like collaboration out here, I'd say. And that's like, you know, pretty that's huge. Awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. And you, you mentioned kind of the, the sounds that you, are experimenting with and what you're going to be coming out with. Would you say right now your, your EDM or electronic music, just like genre of choice is kind of that like tech house wave that's kind of taking, you know, America kind of in that four to the floor, like type type vibe. Yeah, definitely. House music is like the thing I've always clung to. It's always what I come back to. So I think that makes sense for me as an artist to like make my songs based around that. Um, and then, you know, potentially some evolution down the road. But right now I'm writing songs that are definitely house music um, centric. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like a big part of like, you know, making good music is like an understanding of, okay, like, yes, like I'm an original person. Like I'm going to like make stuff that hopefully sounds like my own style, but like it has to be a natural evolution from like what's popular right now, right? Yeah. And like what? what I'm hearing on the radio right now, what's on my Spotify right now. And obviously there's a lot of like, you know, the new Fisher tracks. Like I love all that. And I've always loved like Chris Lake. So yeah, I definitely, there's definitely a ton of tech house, like infusion in the music I write, the music I produce. So yeah. So I, I guess that would be my answer to that. Yeah. And it's funny how with music and genres and evolution of music, it's day to day, week to week, even month to month, there's not, you don't see the change, but then when you take a step back and you look at, you know, decades or years at a time and you see the, like the change and where it went from and where it goes, even from, you know, 2012 and the music that was popular then, like when the chain smokers and Galantis came along, it like just blended in, but it was also changing the direction of like that led into the future base and the future, you know, future house or like the Griffin style, Elenium, and so it's interesting how genres 
like you said, they come from inspiration, obviously from like what's popular and what's kind of on that main wavelength, but the change in it, even like what Fred again's doing, or um, you look at a bunch of different artists that are kind of just making like new elements of music. It's interesting to see how those genres kind of blend together. Yeah. Fred again, shit is crazy. We were just listening um, like yesterday with my, my friend I produced with sometimes we're listening to, uh, to rumble on his speakers. And it was like, I never even like, cause I, I don't have as much sub as he has at his place. And like, it was just so in your face and like, you can't even hear that off of like, you know, your phone speakers, but like, it was just crazy. The, the shit he's doing like all throughout the frequency spectrum, like in that song. Yeah. And, and I think when dance music, especially when you hear it on the right type of speakers and why I'm such oh, it's different for sure. Yeah. Or like seeing, seeing someone live can totally change your opinion on them and, and a certain song can that you completely overlooked. And that's one of my favorite things is when I hear a song that I haven't heard in years or I never thought much of it. And like that, it goes from being just another song that you've heard to being a song that you can't stop playing. And like you unlock this new ability to hear all the different elements. So tell me a little bit about your like writing process and kind of just your approach to like making music. Like where does it start? Where does inspiration come from? Like, do you, you know, I, and I, I want to get into like your social media and, and all the awesome things you post, but just songwriting in general. Yeah. Tell me about that. So I feel like I don't do it the right way or like any way that, you know, I've definitely know like Charlie Puth, right? Like I don't know, yeah. you know, I come from like percussion background. So like, I don't know. Uh, I didn't even know like the, the music theory things. Like when I first started, like with Ableton, like when I was in college, um, I was like, literally was training myself by like messing around with the melody and just being like, does this sound like correct? Right. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of music theory. You can actually like hear with your own ears. If you just like listen to it, like, Oh, that just doesn't sound correct. Yeah. So it's actually more intuitive. I feel like than a lot of people might think who aren't like into writing their own stuff or they, they think it's like more complex than it is. It's, it's a lot of my stuff is literally just like, Oh, do I think that sounds good? Yeah. Like if it sounds good, then I'll continue with it. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'll scrap it and I'll be like, okay, that melody's trash. Like try again. So honestly, that'll be, that's so much of like my writing slash producing anything is like, it's just trial and error, to be honest, kind of trial and error. And then a lot of times what I'll do is listen to a song I really fuck with, like at the moment yeah, or a combination of songs is like even better for me. And I'll basically pull parts of each of the like songs that I'm like, oh, like this would just fit perfect, like right here. Mm -hmm. And oh, I'm going to like take that melody and tweak it a little bit because like, in my opinion, that's what all music or all music evolution is is like we're all like stealing from each other like a little bit you know yeah 100%. Um, we're like stealing and then tweaking right and like making our own and so that's kind of my philosophy is all you know kind of steal in a a healthy way yeah right? and i think and then, and then tweak it in my own thing and i think stealing almost puts like a negative connotation on it which it shouldn't because yeah, i said that on purpose like stealing yeah. is just just to catch your attention like it's not, yeah it's not stealing it's like taking inspiration but yeah exactly and i think sometimes obviously you see every now and then like videos go viral for this song sounding exactly like this song and obviously there's cases where that does apply but like to your point like i think all music especially when the genres kind of blend together or when new genres are being made, they take elements for other ones. And even some artists, like, you know, some artists sound exactly like Martin Garrix. Some artists sound exactly like Chris Lake. 
some artists use the Avicii sound and kind of like aim towards that. And I, I think it, it's, I don't like when people gatekeep like artists or no, like elements of genres or whatever it is, because it's all intertwined. So for you, when you make a song, does it start with a kick drum? Does it start with a, a, a like that percussion that you're kind of used to? Does it start with chords? Is it different? I'm just trying to think it's definitely different, but I guess I could tell you like, what does it usually start with is I would say baseline. I used to start like when I first started the first couple of years, I would start with like, um, you know, the breakdown, like section or like a verse uh, or whatever of the song and sort of start from like the low energy point and like, then kind of work up into like yeah. what the drop is going to be. Um, but now I'll usually start with like the main like core idea, like what, what's going to be like playing in the drop. What's mm-hmm. going to be like my main melody? What's going to be my main vocal chop? Yeah. Uh, or what's going to be like my main baseline groove or whatever. Um, yeah. So I'd say I usually start with like the kick and bass of like the drop slash chorus. And I'll usually kind of work backwards from there. Like, okay, now, you know, maybe I'll add like a cool guitar riff that goes on top of this or like I'll add some pads in the background that are like supporting that. But yeah, I always feel like since it's house music, like at its core is that groove, right? It's yeah. like, if it doesn't make you like at least bob your head or like get a want to get up and dance like a little bit, like it's definitely not the track I want to make. So like totally it should start there in my opinion. And like you figure out how to like work from there kind of. Yeah. One thing that uh, stood out to me from you is kind of your approach to social media and obviously being a full-time artist and, and trying to obviously make a name for yourself and grow your brand and everything. Talk a little bit about that because and like tell people what you do um, and kind of your approach to social media as a whole, both like the streams that you've done, yeah. way you approach TikTok, things like that. Yeah. So um, so one thing I did that was kind of cool is I did a, a number of streams that were I actually meant to do it for this right now, but this yeah. is not going to my Instagram live. But I was uh, telling Andrew at the beginning, like I I like to like do as many like live things as I can just to be like. Yeah, just to like, because I think people appreciate that, you know, like that element of like, oh, I can't like prepare anything beforehand. It's so like, mm-hmm. this is just what I do. And so I was doing a series where I was like basically taking uh, the desktop recording and it was going straight to my Instagram feed. Um, and it was like me, you know, building songs. Uh, I, did, I did a series where I was like every day doing an hour of uh, a remix I was working on. I was doing a Chain Smokers Closer, like Tech House remix. Yep. And so you kind of get to see if you follow the whole thing, like me building basically the whole thing from just taking the vocal, yeah, taking the yeah. vocal off of like a YouTube acapella somebody made and working from there, building the whole instrumental and, and the whole idea. So, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of process on that one. TBD, if I'll continue with those, I think the only thing I, I kind of realized with that one is I either need to reach out to more producers and, you know, get them on the stream uh, or I need to cut it down into a little more bite-sized pieces, um, yeah. just because the yeah, songs take a long time to make. I don't know yeah. if, you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're aware of it, like, you know, I think I saw like one time Martin Garrix was talking about like, he spent, or he had like 40, he had like, he was on like his 45th version of a song and he was still like adding shit to it. He was like, I'm going to add these strings now to the song or whatever. Um, yeah so i think some of that some of those take forever it just depends but i I think it's super cool man as a as i i talk i told you like i'm not a producer i don't make music i just love dance music and one thing i love is 
getting that peek behind the curtain just as like a music fan. And even Kygo recently has been posting like some making ofs, like of obviously incredibly well-produced, like his team does a great job with them. And I think with, with some of the DJs who have made, who have gotten to in the dance music world, so big in terms of like, you know, I want this to go into a conversation that I'm interested in what your thoughts are, but like, even like a guy like Alesso, it's like, he's been making music for so long, like, and he's so at the top of the dance music world. It's like, you know, a, like, is he making like sitting down on his computer and like making these songs? Obviously there's teams now that he has. And he has That's a great album. question. He's definitely not doing the whole thing. I don't think. Yeah. But also like, and, and it's an argument because I've gotten into some debates and I really know nothing. So I'm really just going off like passion of like being fans of these artists. When people say there's no chance that Nora, Nora Impure makes any of her music, there's no chance that, you know, Chris Lake makes all of Fisher's music or anything like that. Like, I'm sure there's truth to that on a lot of levels in music. But I also think when you take a step back, maybe Alessa is a bad example, but for some of these big time DJs, I understand there's teams involved, but like they've still got to that point because at one point they were behind a computer, like making music in their bedroom. And um, I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are on ghost producing and, you know, the knowledge you have of that or, or whatever it might be. I know it obviously exists, but I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, there's no question it exists. And I'm starting to realize this more every day because like when I've, the time I've spent in Ableton building tracks, like I'm just aware that like, it takes hours and hours to like, especially to get to the professional level and to have just the consistency that like some of these tracks you'll hear from like Martin Garrix have, you know, when I listen back to some of these tracks, like I forget which one it was, but there's one where he has like, he dropped recently. It was like, I'm stuck in a loop or something. Yeah. I don't know if that name is called loop or whatever, but like, yeah. I just listen to shit like that. And I'm like, I can hear how much time was spent on this. Yeah. You know, to get this like thick sound out of like, and this like just beautiful sound out of the speakers. I'm like, someone had to, somebody had to spend like, you know, like a hundred hours at least, or probably more than that on that. And I, it just like makes sense to me that like, you know, Martin Garrix, he has to tour, right? He has to do all these live shows. I'm sure he's got a book schedule. He can't be spending more than, you know, maybe like four hours a day in a room, like working on that. He has other things he has to worry about. And it just makes sense. Like, I'm sure he has somebody that he's like, Hey, please like clean this up. Like totally. you know, add another layer of vocals under this, you know, add a vocoder to this, like clean that up. Um, because like, he knows, uh, I know that like he, his first job and he said in interviews many times is like, he was a ghost producer himself. Mm -hmm. So I know that he knows how to build all the tracks and like could easily do it himself. And, probably for some has done the whole thing, but uh, it just doesn't make any sense that like you wouldn't have a, a team. team of people or a few, you know, producers under you that can just like work on the track for you. Like there's, there's certain things that don't really take that much creativity, but just take time. Yeah. And I, that I, sense. So, I like, think that's, I think that's a perfect way to look at it. And I think the reason why, like, I, I don't get in heated arguments. And again, I don't really know, like maybe I'm naive and I'm just like, I look at these guys, like there's no way that they don't make their own songs. Of course. I understand like the teams are involved at this point. They're touring 250 days a year. It's great. Like they're not going to be sitting in a studio to like be able to put out. An, and that's why you don't see a lot of albums. That's why you don't see um, a lot of like, per, you know, singles come from certain artists. But I also think like the, the flip side to that is a guy like Martin Garrix, I imagine who's been doing this since he was 15 years old. Like he's obviously super busy now, but at the end of the day, like 
I would like to think that a guy like Barton Garrix like wants the final say and wants complete ownership of like what yeah, he's for sure. Under his he's name. definitely he has the final say. I'm I'm sure, and mm. like he can speak the language of like the technical side of like you know his DAW or whatever he's using to build the track. Like he can speak that language and like knows how to like instruct somebody. Like that's the key is like he knows to tell someone like oh can you just go back and like make that a little brighter or like take that down like you know mix that in a little better or whatever he can like he can use all that lingo to like tell someone to do that yeah he doesn't have to do it himself yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation that i think uh some people like just kind of they look the other way at it they're like all right it's definitely happening and for some producers who are more i guess it's a question of do you think it's wrong that they do yeah. that right like is it is it really wrong like do you ha- really have to like how far back in the process do you have to go as an artist for it to be like viable? Right. Like, yeah. It also, I think uh, like the auth- authenticity of like how they got famous too. It's like, I'm there's certain DJs out there or producers that probably don't make any of their music, but they're just out there as like the name. And it's a corporation at this point where they're just making money off of it. And like that, is like a bad taste in my mouth of the fact that it's happening. But it's also like, do I not want to think about that about the DJs I like or the producers I like, because it would like ruin music. But I also think you can tell, I think with mute, like hearing a sound and the identity of an artist and the type of music they're putting out, if it's authentic, like if it, if it's quality music that has been like, that has the roots and the structure of who they are as an artist, or at least who they've built themselves up to be as an artist. I think that's when it's not wrong because they're just busy. Yeah. When they have their signature sounds, like it's just someone else helped them make it. But as long as they keep, is that what you're saying? Yeah. And if it's not, if it's not like cheap music, because I think like a lot of times in, in EDM, you know, some songs come out and, you know, I think maybe it's because I've been listening to it for so long. My genres have changed. My preferences have changed. But yeah, you're like, I know that hi hat. I know exactly. Yeah. That. Or yeah. <laughs> and I and I just hear it, and I'm like, this just and it's a two minute song, and there's like it's thrown out, and it's kind of like to me, like there's a lot of that I think happening today. But there's also a lot of really good underground culture coming up as well too, where people like John Summit are building up like this incredible wave of tech house, and you know you have Lane Eight with Melodic House and and what he's doing in that world. So. You know, it's definitely interesting and, you know, it's interesting to get your perspective on it as somebody who's trying to build an identity as an artist to try to build a brand, because that's ultimately what it is, is building yourself as like a person and an identity. Um, and that leaks back into what you, you're, you've you been doing with social media. Yeah, um, I would say as far as the branding stuff, it's 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 one of those like necessary evils where it's like, I... You know, you obviously need to have some identity that distinguishes you, especially because like as a DJ, like, you know, unless you have some other live like aspect to it, like I know like Fredigan's doing his thing where he has like the the sampling pad, yep, um, which is really cool. And he does that. But yeah, like other than that, like obviously you need to have all this extra stuff, right? All these like extracurriculars to be like, yo, this is this is why I'm so cool. This is like why you should come to my music. Like this is this is what it all means. Like outside of like you know i I push a couple buttons like on the the decks and like play my songs with a a few transitions in between but as far as all that like i'm still figuring that out like 100 percent. like i would love to to figure out like a few more you know series i could do um other than just like the live stream like production um just to you know 
grab people's attention and and definitely like engage my fans. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely like in the process right now of like coming up with different um, you know pieces of content uh, that I can like put out there and and you know showcase my music and really put like a good frame around it. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's I've, an ongoing process. And I think that identity is so important in like building a fan base. Again, the music and the art is one thing, but also what people see in like the person and. I saw you posted a video of like making a song with your girlfriend and like you guys were going through like bass lines and stuff and like that, that type of stuff. And Fisher's a good example, right? Like Fisher has built up this crazy wacko. Fisher's crazy, dude. man. But at He's the so same crazy. time, I, I couldn't even imagine hanging out with him. Like, could yeah. you? Like, and then, but at so the same time, like, I think one thing that makes him so likable is he's got this beautiful wife who he seems to like, again, and it, social media you can paint it in a different picture he's got his god goddaughter uh mini who's like always in his video like and and incorporating stuff like that just kind of makes you more real and it allows people to connect with your music more um which is super cool so tell me about uh like tiktok like obviously we talked about instagram a bit and kind of building that brand i re i just made a tiktok for the podcast i held oh, yeah. off for i held off go, for a while um it was something oh, that you i have to it's crazy it's taken over yeah and it's funny now that I have, of course, my mindset towards it has changed for so long. I was kind of just, I was closed off to doing it. Cause I was like, all right, I like, I'm not trying to just like push out dumb content or be on this app. I hate the app. Like I know everyone says that, but now that I'm on it, I see the power that like it can give someone like yourself or even a podcast like this to kind of just have a platform. So tell me about like what you like about TikTok and what you don't like about it. And especially being in LA where I'm sure it's very prevalent. Yeah. I mean, TikTok is just like, it's like the, the new, the new cool thing, you know, it's like everybody, everybody can't get enough. Everyone just like loves to say it. They just love to say that we're TikTok. Like it's in, it's everything. Or like people love to use it as like an, an adjective, right? Like, yeah. Oh, make like a tip TikTok beat, or like yeah. make a TikTok song. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of funny. Cause it's like, okay, just make a good song that yeah. you know, is catchy and people yeah. will like dance to. It's like, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but no, but like, I think like it, it's obviously it, it the, I think it's power is the organic like reach of it. Right. Which is like, it's, it's just like, there's not many, even on the internet, there's not many like streams. It seems like anymore where it's like literally anybody could post something that's cool and, or that's funny or whatever, anything that just like gets you to watch it and gets you to press like, like that could be distributed to millions of people overnight. Right. That could be in their feed tomorrow. If you post today. Um, without having any followers, yeah. that's the thing. You don't the followers like don't matter on TikTok because that's just not really how the system works. Like it'll distribute like videos from it will give you the videos of people you follow, but it also give you a ton of videos from like random stuff yeah. that it thinks you might like or that's testing you to be like, yo, should I send this out to other people too? Do like mm -hmm. do people fuck with this or like what's yeah. the deal? So yeah, it's like, obviously as like, especially as a newer artist, it makes sense, right? That like random people can see your shit and be like, oh, this is like, this is a dope song. Like this is catchy. And yeah, so I, I think like I plan uh, as I'm working on my originals here and releasing them in the coming months to like, just abuse the hot at TikTok. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like push on it. Like every day, you know, just post another video, like with the, the music being your own music yeah, and just like getting it in people's heads. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the idea behind it. It's kind of like, and again, I literally just made one like last week. So I've only, I'm like very new to it. Um, but uh, like, I think a big part of it is throwing, like you're already on it. So it's just like throw stuff at the wall and see what kind of sticks. And if it doesn't stick, it's still just like, 
it's like posting it on Instagram. It's like, who cares? Like I've been posting, I posted a video today about John Dahlback. He's posted a single. No, I'm not familiar. What is it? Yeah. He's this, uh, like melodic deep house DJ, um, kind of like Nora Pure, Eric Pritz, Lane eight. The guy has literally put like 37 singles this year, every single Friday he's on my release radar and it's good music. And I was like, this dude, like, I'm going to just talk. Yeah. Machine. So I posted it. It's like super niche, but who cares? And it's fun to just like play around with. It's a cool creator app. And, and I definitely held off on it for a while, but um, I definitely see the power in it. I'm not going to take myself too. Like, I'm not going to try to perfect every video and make every editing. Well, that's, that's the thing about it is TikTok is like, I think it's because it's like super Gen Z, like, you know, controlled, like I was like, you know, founding, it was like, you know, Gen Z's thing. Like the content is like very much like not try hard. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of the vibe. And that's like what people kind of expect on it. And I think what people like um, is sort of like the balance, right. Of like, you know, you're not trying to like produce out like a fully like YouTube style video for it, you know, yeah. but at the same time, like, you know, give people some value, but like, don't go crazy with it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Well, I want to know like kind of what your next six months look like as like, you know, I know you just, just kind of dove into this head first might be hard for you to think even past tomorrow, but as like for goals that you have or things that you want to be able to accomplish, what, what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah. Um, so six months. So the next three months, uh, I have planned out and it mainly consists of me working on, uh, uh, two or three originals that I'm plan on releasing. I plan on releasing one at the end of February. Um, and then past that, I, I guess we'll just see sort of what works for, for releasing schedule for me. And then, um, content wise in the next three months, you're going to see a lot of teasing of those originals for me. Nice. And you're going to see a lot of content, me working with, uh, singers and songwriters, um, and other artists I collaborate with on, on those originals. And yeah, it's going to be a mixture of those two. Of, producing the songs, making content around producing the songs, um, just getting people excited. Nice, man. Good for you. Again, it's so cool. Like I respect anyone who kind of just takes something and goes all in with it. And music is one of those things that at the core, if you believe what you're making, if you've been loving this music for 12 years now, 15 years now, whatever it is, like, you know, you know, it's kind of like with this podcast, like I was like, I don't know if, other people really like this music, but I know I really like this music and I know I know enough about it to talk about it. So kind of just going with what you like believe in, I think is so key and just keep, keep kind of attacking it. Um, a couple other questions though, before we wrap this up, one is, are you a Spotify or Apple music guy? I'm a Spotify guy. Spotify right. for sure. So yeah, I'm- actually I put up on Apple music first. I got a single out there right now. It's a Cobra starship remix. You guys should yeah, check saw out. That. But I actually put that on Apple Music first, which is really funny because it was a delay before Spotify processed it. And then I could finally listen to it myself, but I didn't even have access to it for a minute there. <laughs> okay. So w- tell me a little bit about uh, like your top uh, songs of the year, top artist. Did the Spotify rap come out? Because I actually haven't even checked out mine yet. Oh, my I've been gosh. seeing a ton of TikToks about it. In the electronic music world, what is an artist or genre? or song that you're really into that would maybe surprise people based off the music you make and oh sure that's a tough one i'm definitely like go through phases i'm very into hip-hop again yeah i'll go back and forth i just love the like i love like one of my favorite songs is like headlines by drake 
like mm-hmm. that shit will just get you so confident like instantly. Yeah. like it's a classic you know, just just the yeah just like the swagger he has in that track is like uh that's the one thing hip-hop has over house in my opinion is like the the swagger of it i think they i think they have it a little better yeah um but you can get that you can get that in a house track too depending but i think uh it's a different vibe when it comes to hip-hop like do you still ever go back to progressive house do you still go back to um or like even like you know future bass or are there any genres out there are you kind of like you know uh headlights or blinders on just looking at house like tech house nah, kind of- no i'm not like that at all no to be honest like i've always felt like you make the best music when you have a lot of different influences too yeah uh like if I literally just only listen to tech house like all day, every day. Like I would lose my mind. Yeah. Like I think kind of anybody would like, even if you love it, love it. Like even a concert, like I, I, right? I, I, lo- I love a good tech house concert. I'm, I love the genre. Oh, but- I've been, to, I've been definitely been to some where it's like, I went to this one, um, great artist, Don Bresky's like super, yeah. got some super dope tracks. But I remember like thinking, man, he is really not letting up on the kick and, and hi-hat. Right yeah. like, it's just, it's just playing, playing, yeah. but yeah. But it's good stuff in the right environment. Three artists right now that you stand, that you're just with, that you fuck with, that you think are putting yeah. out great shit. So I thought the uh, this is another off genre one, but I thought the newest like Drake Twenty One Savage album cool. was super dope. I love that one. Um, I've been listening to a ton of Chami lately. He's had cool. a few tracks that he dropped um, that have been on repeat, definitely on my Spotify. And the third one is they just dropped a new Blink song actually yeah. edging yeah man hilarious man they're so old but it's like it still kind of has their vibe in it too which is crazy yeah like i said i mean i i love blink i'm a huge tom delong fan i think just his song i mean also a huge angels and airways fan uh boxcar racer so uh super stoked for the new blink album i mean the fact yeah. like, it feels different this time around um i wasn't a big fan of skiba just to be honest um but it's really exciting to like think that Tom is back and excited to be making music with Blank seemingly. So really stoked for yeah. their new album. And again, I always I always thought there was there was a good niche for producers. And if I ever stuck with FL Studio, I probably would have tried to make like progressive house blink remixes or uh Angels and Airwaves like remixes because it is like anthemic melodies, build-ups, Angels and yeah. Airwaves more so. But um yeah, I mean. Blink's the best. Yeah, it feels like EDM is just without the the percussion, basically. Totally, totally. Um, all right, man. Well, anything else that you want like people to know about? I know you have the song on Spotify and Apple Music, which I'll I'll let people know about and I'll post. Um, yeah, yeah. Go stream uh, Kita. You make me feel on Spotify, Apple Music. That's out. Um, yeah, and make sure you follow me on socials uh, on my Instagram, which I'll link on my Spotify. And yeah, you'll be up to date when I start dropping the originals and super excited to show everybody my sound and yeah i think you'll be hearing about me soon awesome man well dude thanks so much for coming on seriously i'm glad we made this Appreciate happen it. thanks for having me shout out to uh connor hallway for uh yeah, making yeah. the connection but shout out golden deer productions yeah yeah man for sure well yeah. keep killing it if i'm ever out in la i want to see a show you gotta gotta link yeah you got to we'll uh we'll talk soon man looking forward to watching you rise yeah appreciate it, man <laughs>